how you feel? <laughs> like, I like you ladies, but when are you going to get to the story? We should just change our podcast to Two Ladies and a Dog. Yeah. Two oh. Ladies and a Flatulent Dog. <laughs> That's what um, <laughs> Kelly, Hannah, and I had somebody else mention that they were listening to us. I was like, you listen? Oh my God, it's so great. And they're like... When you guys, the dog farting or snoring or the heavy breathing <laughs> with the dogs cracks me up. I'm, like, oh, I'm glad the dogs. Shorty's our co-host, our unwitting co-host. Yeah. It's so funny. That's hilarious. Look so, at her. Anyways, let's begin. I'm Alma. I'm Carlene. And we are Tipsy Tales. We should have said that together, huh? Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm all we are. Tipsy Tales. I'm like looking around. Look. <laughs> You want me to share with you? Oh my gosh. Tipsy day. We got a lot of rain this week. Mm. It was, my backyard was flooded. It's going to rain on Wednesday, they Is say. Is it again? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're getting, we're actually getting our winter weather, which is always winter in January. Winter decided to show up. Yeah. And it's supposed to be ending. Yeah. Going into February. And then today was warm. Yeah. It was weird. pretty warm outside. Yeah. Well, the other day was like freezing cold. My house was freezing. This, oops, sorry. That was not an EBP. <laughs> I've been doing my research though. Put my TV above my fireplace, and I have a space heater. And I'm just like fireplace going space heater. Oh, it's so with it's your cozy so little nice. socks. Yeah, and I can look outside and see the rain. I didn't have any cozy this weekend though, because <laughs> I had my my grandbaby all weekend. Because my daughter and her boyfriend went out of town, so that was fun though. Fun for them. Yeah. <laughs> She she uh, did the whole duo, like, phone call, and mm. she's showing me around the cabin. It mm. was up in um, Overgard. It was mm. really nice. Mm. It was, like, the whole farm, the whole farm style, farmhouse mm. style. It was really nice. And then she showed me this big picture window mm. where you could see outside and you could see all the snow. Oh, my gosh. How nice. Of course, I was a nervous wreck until they got there. Oh, I would have been freaking out, too. Yeah. I was like, you text me the minute you get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, I'm grown ass woman, mom, but you're always my baby. Oh my god, the last episode, I was so fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's it's called Tipsy Tales. I know. We're supposed to like but when people so... ask what we're like. I'm like, kind. Sometimes it's like drunk history that right. show. Drunk history. People like that. That's what we're about, especially with the topics that we yeah. do. And you know me, I don't like drinking on some of those topics so that was one of what i was like oh my god i'm just like i couldn't even finish i had you finish reading mine like it was it was towards the yeah, end i i listened back and i was like oh no. my god i mean it's you can't say it's inappropriate because that's the name of our show know, but at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and it was hilarious weirdly we got a lot of listens for that one so, yeah so people like it wasted either that or they like the whole they like the subject. The subject, which that is story. Weird, but very so what we're gonna try and do a few more of those where we just collaborate on Yeah. And that are thing. like more, and more current stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do like to delve into the ancient history a lot. Yeah. Which is whatever. It's That's good to thing. mix it up. Yeah. But it's also good to remember the ones so people don't get so comfortable and forget like that woman and her children. The Watts family. That needed to be that needs a reminder. Yeah, that one was sad. That was really sad. All right, so um, we were talking about the Night Stalker that's on um, mm-hmm. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I freaking binged through the whole thing. It's that is so much more your gig than I used to get into it, like Dateline and stuff. But once my 
kids start getting older and out, I don't even want to put that out there, so I won't watch it. I, you know what? For a long time, I couldn't. That's mm-hmm. a, the really weird thing is like not that long after I started the podcast, then mm-hmm. Serena moved out, mm-hmm. and then it just like got too much for me. Like mm-hmm. I was like, that's I'm why too I'm afraid I'm gonna put it out there, right? Like worrying about it, and then I'm gonna put it out there and manifest it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> there's I don't want to give away I, too much, but they they did talk mm-hmm. about. Well, tell them who it's about because maybe people don't know that they called him the Night Stalker. Yeah, Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So in the very first. Tipsy Tales episode that we ever recorded, the Yvette and I, yeah, yeah, Yvette and I did Richard Ramirez, a Night Starker. So mm-hmm. it's that's out there. But if you guys are into this, you should go. It is a twisted check tale. it out. It's very twisted. And you know what the most twisted thing was for me is that he had groupies. Well, so did uh, Charles Ma- Manson. Oh yeah, Charles I mean, Manson. It's weird. All of these. those, yeah. like the real high profile. Mm-hmm. And they get like a cult following yeah yeah they were, oh, yeah i was just like mm-hmm. oh these and there's a, like this one chick in there she wasn't an actual i don't think she was an actual victim but she like he there was like something that happened in passing with her but she, her commentary on uh these girls she's like i just think they're the dumbest bitches alive oh my <laughs> I god was laughing. i was like yeah 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 there was a i i saw at the very beginning and there they were interviewing you know, back then, interviewing people while it was happening. And this woman's like, I don't know how they can't find him. He's obviously weird looking. He's strange. I'm like, yeah, because the killer next door can't be. Right. They have to be. They have to be weird looking. Right. They walk around with killer I mean, on their forehead. But Ted, Ted Bundy wasn't no. weird looking. He was yeah. like your guy it's, next door. It's interesting how the perception right. of one is that could be your neighbor you oh, just don't know also um ghost adventures anybody that listens to ghost or watches ghost adventures <laughs> they did the cecil hotel which i haven't watched yet because which I'm also looking is for a it. connection with ramirez right he mm-hmm. actually stayed in, and we talked about that yeah we did a story the cecil hotel mm-hmm. and yeah, then and it has I, several murders that stayed there and i think i saw it like I, I there was something that they did on the actual girl that disappeared oh the one in the elevator. When, uh, gosh, what's what her, her name? name? I know. No, what is her name? I can't think of it right anyway, now. Anyway, I can't either, but yeah, the one in the elevator that mysteriously. Was, yeah, she just disappeared and then ends up in the. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so they, they actually. I, w- I wish we could watch it. Yeah. If you're able to, to get it, call me over so I can come watch it with okay. you. Okay. And then, so that brings me to the story that we're doing, which this was kind of your idea. Yeah, because it's Black History Month. Right. And we, we want to honor that in some way, especially in today's times where there's a lot of... All the shit that's going on. Disrespect happening. And I think we can honor by uh, shedding a little... This is what you're doing your story on. Mm-hmm. I mean, this shit's still happening. Right. It's timely. Like, there's a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. I ran into in here. Like, um, there was like a Ku Klux Klan... Yeah, exactly. Flapping my wings. Cluck, cluck, cluckers. Cluck, cluck, cluckers. K-K-K-K. K-K. K-K-K. When Serena answers me in text, she always says K-K. K-K? Oh. K-K. K-K. So anyways, there was this clan meeting and like verbatim this guy's speech sounds like some shit that could have like been read today by somebody like... By our previous... 
Uh, no, because hmm. I think he more skirted it. I think oh, some of the so by like, a, an yeah, actual KKK member, KK or the other little offshoot groups hmm. that are happening mm-hmm. right now, like Proud Boys and right, right, um, the other ones. Um, what I'm doing mine on, I mean, it. I could see this all happening again, you know, because we obviously are not learning from history. We are those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And I don't know who exactly said that. What's but happening? Somebody said that. Oh, Alma said by Alma. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it wasn't me. <laughs> but you're right. All right. So the the story that I'm doing is we're drinking. Oh well, we I started out with coffee <laughs> with Kahlua in it. We're just like very very eclectic in yes. our drinking habits these days. I had a coffee plain at home before I came. Yeah, because by the time Carlene gets to her story, I have this bad habit of yawning. So I've been trying to like... She's literally dozing off and I'm like trying to to get through it. Yes, I'm trying to stimulate myself and and not in a weird way. (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to stimulate herself. Um, Another time. It's a very small room, sorry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're also drinking. Basically a seven and seven, but a whiskey and Sprite. Right. Do you have Pepsi or Sprite? I'm kind of double fisted here. No, Mm -hmm. this is Sprite. Mm. I put some Sprite in there. It's a little heavy handed. Uh oh, it started. Oh, get ready, folks. (sighs) Good thing you're going first. I am going first. All right. And go. My story is on the Mississippi burning case. By the way, I didn't rewatch it, but uh-huh. I remember when it, it first came out, I actually read the book. There was a book, I believe, mm-hmm. and then the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I and I think I watched it back in, or read it back in the 80s. I think I there was a book, and I believe I read it. Anyway, I could be making shit or up. Or was it I Ghosts remember. of Mississippi? Maybe because that's another. It, it was. I think it was based on the movie. I you know. I want to make sure, but I remember because then I remember the movie coming out. Because Ghost of Mississippi was about Medgar Evers, which was another civil mm-hmm. rights murder assassination that happened in Mississippi. I'm gonna just double check my work, but I just remember because at that time I had also read like Bridges Madison County and like several books that I would read then all of a sudden they'd come out in a movie Mm -hmm. but that one I think um, that one was a book I think Oprah believe it or not it was like she interviewed people and did something on it and I was like oh that sounds interesting I want to read it and I ended up reading it and then the movie came out so I'm going to just double check my work though all right so the name of this case given to it by the FBI was Myburn M-I-B-U-R-N which was Mississippi burning oh sure so that's interesting that's where that came from and very aptly named you'll find out so we're gonna time travel a bit back to the 1960s right in the middle of the civil rights unrest of that time so we're going to the deep south philadelphia mississippi it's 1964 and what is known as the freedom summer or the mississippi summer project which was a voter registration Hmm. drive aimed at increasing the number of registered black voters in mississippi it is the height of the civil rights era there were approximately 700 mostly white volunteers working together with the black community in mississippi in the fight against voter intimidation which was rampant in the south so if you find any correlations to the shit that's happening happening Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. i mean 
I don't know about the voter intimidation part, but the the whole voter they, suppression is still an ongoing issue that we're there. Actually, with. when I was sitting on the board of community legal services, there was actually I remember being in Philadelphia. Anyway, they were actually working with people because there were they were trying to make it more difficult for the black neighborhoods to vote in Mississippi. In 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 just the higher black communities in general right and so it was like um in the poor areas where where african-americans were and so they were like um just starting to put on a bunch of new rules like like they did in the 50s and 60s where they were like adding all these rules to make it more difficult for them to to vote and so what community legal services did even here was try to provide i believe even here but they were providing transportation. They were trying to help them get all the documents that they needed so that it didn't work, but right. still worked for some. Right. There was a book. There was Burning, mm-hmm. and then Not Just Burning and Mississippi Burning, which I know I read Mississippi Burning because it's the same as the movie. So okay. anyway, that's it. Okay. Uh, where was I? Okay, so Mississippi was its own animal when it came to voter suppression. Martin Luther King famously said... Of Mississippi, there is a complete reign of terror here. Um, and he's talking about the KKK. Mm-hmm. The movement was organized by civil rights organizations like the Congress on Racial Equality, uh, known by its acronym CORE, C-O-R-E. And I was kind of like reading, because if you go on the FBI website, mm-hmm. you can see a lot of like the paperwork and whatever. And mm. that name CORE comes up over and over again. They That's just, interesting. And the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC, run by the Local Council of Federated Organizations, COFO. So there was just all these organizations like trying to help the civil rights movement along. Mm-hmm. The counterpart to the civil rights movement and the Mississippi Summer Project was, of course, the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> Ku Klux Klan membership in Missouri- Mississippi was soaring in 1964 with membership reaching more than 10,000. Crazy, right? It's insane. Can I just say, sidebar for a second, even now, people that are hardcore prejudiced claim to be good church-going, God-loving people. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, God doesn't make mistakes. Um, I go to church, God-loving person that I am. The Bible says, if you cut me open and butterfly me, and then take you, take um, an Asian person, mm-hmm. take a, a black person, butterfly us all. This is <laughs> Same a great visual thing. imagery for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get some Chinese food. Okay. <laughs> we all look exactly the same. We all have the same color of blood. We all have the same muscle, bones, everything's the yeah. same. The only difference is the color of our skin. If you're going to judge a human being by the color of their skin, by the melanin content. Yeah, instead of it's a who they are, then you you're the problem. You have the problem. We're the ones that have made up all these stupid rules. Like, yeah. it's just so stupid. You know, the same person that's driving around with the What Would Jesus Do sticker, but is also secretly a KKK member. <laughs> Fuck you, by the way. Yeah. But you can't, you can't, you can't say what would you, Jesus 
did not judge people by the color of their skin, people. He <laughs> loves Jesus everybody. Jesus is face-palming when yeah. he sees your fucking bumper <laughs> yeah, sticker. Yeah, like, please take that sticker off your car. You're shaming me. <laughs> anyway, I just had to say that. It's really annoying to me that people love to hide behind Religion. God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, the Knights of uh, whatever, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be a Christian mm-hmm. organization. Oh, it's yeah, it's church-related yeah. organization. My- they love burning their fucking cross. Like, Mm-mm-mm. I wonder what God Mm-mm. thinks of that. Mm-mm-mm. What would Jesus say? What would he say? He'd say, shame on you. Shame on you. He wouldn't say what I would say. Because <laughs> I'd say, shame on you, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who and knows? some of you might be real motherfuckers. We're not saints, so we don't have to <laughs> censor ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay okay mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, where, okay, where, where, okay where were we okay we were talking about ten thousand. the clan was prepared to use violence to fight the civil rights movement i say that violence you said but, that very passionately yeah <laughs> on april 24th the group offered a demonstration of its power staging 61 simultaneous cross burnings throughout the oh, state oh my gosh during the summer of 1964 the clan burned 20 black mississippi churches oh good god loving people i mean well tell me what is the point in burning crosses and churches when you're then saying like sitting in your southern baptist church (laughs) or your good roman catholic church or your whatever you're condemning people telling them you're gonna go to hell yeah you're going to hell yeah well that's called projection (laughs) uh don't get me started anyways so that brings us to the burning of Mount Zion Baptist Church that was burned down on June 16th of 1964. Mm-hmm. The reason this church was targeted was because the KKK was tipped off that Michael Schwerner, he was going to be there, but he ended up not being there. Huh. That didn't matter. They torched the place anyway and beat the parishioners. Now, Michael mm-hmm. was one of the three core Congress of Racial Equality field workers that drove down to Philadelphia, Mississippi to investigate the burning. The church had been a site of a core freedom school and... Like, they were registering people. They were having registration drives. You think about, like, the church back then, any church in any community, not just in the black community. Mm -hmm. Like, so many things happened in the church because that's where everybody congregated. Uh You know, it's not like every... You can do a lot of stuff through the internet now, Mm -hmm. but... This is where everybody got together Mm -hmm. all at once. It's a community. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Deputy Cecil Price had been accused by parishioners of stopping their caravan and forcing the deacons to kneel in the headlights of their own cars while they were beaten with with Mm -hmm. rifle butts. Michael was joined by James Cheney, a Meridian native, native, and Andrew Goodman of New York City. Um, Both Michael and Andrew are both Jewish. No. Let's see. And that's a whole nother conversation to be had by the <laughs> KKK because they have something to say about Jewish people as well. Anybody that's just not them, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't, I won't censor myself when it comes to standing up for this no, kind of stuff. No, because it's not a moral gonna, thing. It's, it not a politi- it's not political it's to not me. Political. It's, it's moral. It is a moral thing. And you are either this or you're that. And there is no black and white. Either, well, black and white you're, no pun intended. Yeah. Either you're hateful or you're not hateful. Either right. you have hate in your heart for your fellow human being. Right. For something that they can't even control right. and shouldn't have to, the color of their own skin. Not to mention, white man brought them here. Right. And they're going to be penalized. No. This yeah. is ridiculous. And I, I will 
There is no censor- censoring me for that. I yeah. will get on any soapbox and right. stand for it. It's ridiculous bullshit. So, on their drive into Philadelphia, all three were pulled over and arrested by Cecil Price, allegedly for speeding at 5 p.m. Mm. Um, Cheney was driving. They were held until 10.30 p.m., pretty much against their will because mm-hmm. it, it was speeding. Like, they should have just paid the fine and been on their merry way. But mm-hmm. that wasn't what this was all about. And talking about, I think it was Michael Schwerner, he was already on the KKK's radar mm. Because he had been so active in trying to, like, you know, do the whole voter registration, this whole, he was involved in all this core project and setting up this, I think in like Meridian. Like, so he, they, they already had, that's why they burnt down that church. I mean, that one person, just one person. Right. How brave. Because you know you're putting your life in jeopardy. Right. Even now for somebody to do something like that in a certain area of the states they know they're putting their life in jeopardy these young kids i've watched these young kids when voting was and they're out there and they are risking their lives in their communities by standing up for something that they believe in but they also are changing things so but to them it is worth it and it's worth it. I applaud them. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah, it is. 100%. Especially since things like aren't going to change unless you stand up for what you believe in. Like this shit, like people are like, oh, you know, we're in a new era. There's no racism in, anymore. Like that's what? bullshit. Yeah. Like I've heard people say that. Like, well, I you don't keep know talking what rock about they're it. Living under. If you keep talking about it, it's never going to go away. All right. <laughs> that's the stupidest fucking shit I've ever mm-hmm. heard. Okay. It's the same thing like in your family. Yep. If, if you don't talk about, your fucking molesting uncle. Right. That shit's going to go away. No, mm-hmm. he's going to keep molesting everybody. Right. Oh, so these people live under the rock of denial. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm going to step down off my soapbox <laughs> and get back into the story. And go on all night. I, I might as well just stay up here. Hold on. Because <laughs> it's going to be that kind it, of a it, it is. But like I said, it's not political. It's moral. Like, if you think this is mm-hmm. political then you really have to evaluate your thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think this is political? Like, human rights, civil rights. Why do you think civil rights is a political thing? It, sh- it mm-hmm. shouldn't be political. It's a human thing. It is about, yeah, right from wrong, treating a human being with dignity. Right. You know, and what are we supposed to stand for? Equal rights for all? Not equal rights just if you have this color of skin, this color of hair, if you have if, if you have a blue dick. eyes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a penis and you're five six five seven you know it does that's not it it's equal rights for all exactly one nation hunt call oh okay you didn't want me to sing are we are we having a tipsy tales musical because i'm all about it <laughs> do it <laughs> One of these days, we're just going to have to have a musical episode. You know what I just reminded myself of? is Do you ever watch Will and Grace? Oh, yeah. When she does her singing, she thinks she sings really good. And she'll be like, Oh my God, it's hilarious. All right, and go. All right, where were we? Okay. I was talking about they were in jail. Um, they actually... Oops, sorry. Wow. Okay, that was me. Almost breaking things now. I'm, I'm like bumping into stuff already. <laughs> okay. Let me hold on to it's my It's too desk. early for Eva to show up. Oh, way too early. 
She usually doesn't come until the episode. This thing is, my ear is awfully tickly. That's so weird. And I'll tell you why after. Where was I? (laughs) They were held until 10.30 p.m. They requested to make a phone call and were not allowed to. Cheney, Goodman, Mm. and Schwerner were released and drove off in the direction of Meridian in a blue station wagon, which was actually known to um, authorities as a core vehicle. Um, During the time they were being held captive, the KKK, I say captive because they Mm -hmm. were being held captive, the KKK had been tipped off and were gathering. And once they left the station, they followed them. So, like, Mm. somebody was, like, I think it was... Deputy Price had actually booked them, left, and he was, like, out there, like, gathering people mm-hmm. and then came back, had them pay their fine and said, all right, get the fuck out of uh, Philadelphia and keep on driving. So they go to leave. I actually watched some documentaries or they, like, did replayed this whole thing. Mm. And, of course, I did watch Mississippi Burning again, right. too, which is, like, a fictionalized version mm-hmm. of the whole thing. But it gets the core of it. Mm-hmm. And, honestly, if I had never watched that movie, I would never have known Mm. So people might have their gripes with the historical context of it, Mm -hmm. but I think it like it put it out there for a lot of people like, Mm -hmm. whoa, this shit was happening. Unfortunately, there's people that will watch a movie, though, and be like, it's just a movie. Like, that's not really there's people that have their blinders on so thick Mm -hmm. that they don't want to believe that that's actually happening. This is one of those movies like I think I've talked about this before, like I can't watch movies over. <laughs> but this is one of those movies that I can <laughs> like it's like on the list of things that I can watch over and have that same it generates that same feeling <laughs> every Doesn't time it I make watch you it. just like what can I do to help change this right like it may those those things always make me want to be like where what can I do I want to help I want to stop this shit right okay can I um little disclaimer as we always say the heavy breathing is the dog Yes. I know she snores too, but she is right next to me and it's not me. It's not me. (laughs) Sure, Colleen, sure. Yeah. She's 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 like in a very comfy sleep right now. Slumber. I understand. I I was going to fork it out this morning and watch the movie. I think I I got it on Voodoo. Yeah. It was like three bucks. Fandango too. Fandango, yeah. Yeah, It's three bucks. I should have Three bucks is three bucks. Like, we were just talking about the whole Cecil Hotel thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on Discovery Plus. I'm like, I already pay for fucking yeah. Discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to, like, shell out for all these pluses out there? Hey, you know what my favorite thing is? Is, like, I don't pay for cable anymore. I cut that cord right. a long time ago. But I get, like, Netflix and Hulu and... um. I don't know, some other stuff. But but when they're like, if you want to watch Discovery, mm-hmm. and then but you still have to have a provider. Well, if I had a provider, I wouldn't need to log on to Discovery right. because it would be with my provider. I did watch when I was looking for it. I was telling you about the mm-hmm. comedy store and we have to do that one. It was. Oh, that one is trippy. It was good. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I actually was so had it on my list and totally forgot about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are going to do that one. Yeah. And then there's also the, Vi- the Viper. Viper, Viper room. room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one too. In Meridian, core staff began calling nearby jails and police stations inquiring about the three men. Uh, the standard procedure when organizers failed to return on time, Minnie Herring, the jailer's wife, <laughs> Claim there was no phone call on June 21st, but core records show a call to the Philadelphia jail around 530. So, they, they fucking liars. <laughs> Manny. Hmm? What's her name? Minnie? Minnie. 
Manny. Manny. <laughs> Manny Herring. My name's Miss Manny. Miss Manny Herring. The next morning, June 22nd, when they never checked in, as they had been trained, the DOJ was notified and the FBI was brought in. Attorney General Robert Kennedy asked them personally Who's to that? leave. Who is that? <laughs> the 60s were like a pretty like turbulent 10 years. There was definitely a shift happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Universal, like. Yeah. There was so much stuff going on. So many assassinations, mm-hmm. like the whole civil rights movement, like mm-hmm. everything. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy time. And it was before I was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm mom's the word. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, me too. Barely. I just missed it by a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That day, the FBI was sent into Philadelphia and began interviewing and investigating the disappearance. By late afternoon on June 23rd, the vehicle was found by members of the Choctaw tribe. I I somehow left out the word vehicle. (laughs) Was found by the members of the Choctaw tribe on their... On their land, and investigators identified the core station wagon, still smoldering from an attempt to destroy evidence. Mm. Now the focus shifted from rescue to recovery of the men's bodies, because at this mm. point they're like, okay, they're dead. Yeah. Now the press was involved, and the case was becoming a national scandal, in no small part because both Schwerner and Goodman were white northerners. So mm. you can't leave that out of the fact. Like, if it was just three black civil rights workers, they probably, it, it wouldn't. And I'll tell you why. It would have gone under the radar. Scherner's wife actually says to reporters, the slaying of a Negro in Mississippi is not news. It is only because my husband and Andrew Goodman were white that the national alarm has been sounded, Mm. which was the truth. Mm -hmm. The search went on through July while investigators searched the woods, fields, swamps, rivers. Like they looked everywhere in Mississippi, in Mississippi, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Yep. <laughs> Where they also found, and before I watched Mississippi Burning, that's the only thing I knew about Mississippi was how to spell it. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid learning how to spell it. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun one to learn. Yeah. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Okay. So what I was talking about earlier. Uh In their search through the swamps and everything, Uh they also found the bodies of eight African-American men. Two were identified. So not the ones that they're searching for. Um, Two were identified as Henry D. and Charles Moore, college students who had been kidnapped, beaten, Uh and murdered in May Uh 1964. So just like a month before. Another corpse. So they disappeared without a word. Uh Nobody Nobody bothered looking for them. And their family... Families were probably like scratching their heads, going like, crazy. Hello? Yeah, like somebody, please look for our kid. We know they're dead. We know they've been taken. Okay, another corpse was wearing a core T-shirt. Even less information was recorded about the five other bodies that were discovered. So it just tells you like how rampant, like the murder and like the terrorism that was going on in Mississippi, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was terrorism by the KKK. Well, they just looked at them as animals. Yeah, and hunted them like that. Exactly. And they had no value. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. But I can't even say it's not past tense. This shit is not over. No, there was like the stuff there was like happens. a bunch of hangings that just happened mm-hmm. in the last two years. Yeah. We may not hear about it, but it's still happening. No, we actually did hear about them. Like they mm-hmm. were but they like they, they kind of flew under of the radar of all the other political shit that mm-hmm. was going on. Mm-hmm. There was just so much going on mm-hmm. on a daily basis. 
Can I just tell you that I'm just like, <sighs> with the lack of news. Like, I know there's mm-hmm. news, but it's just not this heightened. It's not the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. And I'm yeah. glad. I'm yeah. glad. That's nice. It wasn't until a tip from an informant that was for many years as known as Mr. X. For his safety, but we know him now to be Highway Patrol Officer Maynard King, and that was just in the past few years. Mm. Officers were sent to an earthen dam on the Old Jolly Farm. Old Jolly? <laughs> Out- Where do you live? It just, Old Jolly it Farm. It sounds so juvenile. It sounds like a nice place to be, <laughs> but apparently it wasn't. Mm-mm. Outside of Philadelphia, and that is where the FBI uncovered the bodies of Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman on August 4th. Oh my gosh. Have you ever looked up to see where there's KKK members? No. I forget. I was researching for one of our stories, and I I would have never thought that there were so many even here. Mm-hmm. And there Gilbert. are a lot. Really? I heard that a few years ago, that Gilbert mm. was a, like a big... KKK spot. And there's a lot. I don't know if it's over. the same, but yeah. I felt like, um, yeah, there. It, well, it, I did hear that the recruitment has gone up in the last. Yes, in the last. Yeah, and I wonder yeah. why. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it is inc- It is insane. They've even opened up new chapters more on this west side, right? Like Arizona, California, Colorado, New Mexico. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It it is because I just and didn't it's even think about it. It's shameful. It's embarrassing. It is. It's embarrassing. Here we are. It's like 2021. Mm-hmm. This was 1964. What's really sad is that, like, to hear about somebody who's been in war, fought at the war, in the war, came here, survived that fight, mm-hmm. comes here, and then ends up being killed by, on their own U.S. soil, right. because they're black, right. ends up being killed. Disgusting. <sighs> okay, sorry. I just, uh, since we're talking about it. We might need to drink some more. We might need to get more wasted. Yeah. So their bodies were uncovered on August 4th. Mm -hmm. Because murder was a crime covered by state jurisdiction, the federal government could not bring charges. And the state of Mississippi refused, saying that they did not have enough evidence, which was bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. You had the bodies and everything. They've convicted Mm -hmm. people on less. They've convicted people without bodies. Exactly. Now you have a bodies. Freaking smoldering car. (laughs) Witnesses. Mm -mm. So instead, on December 4th, the Justice Department charged 18 men with conspiring to violate uh, Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman's civil rights. Mm -mm. So they couldn't, you know, uh, being the federal government, they couldn't charge them with Mm -hmm. murder because it was was on the state level. Mm -hmm. Anyways, in February of 1967 and in October, they were tried in Judge Cox's courtroom. Now, Judge Cox is a fucking prejudiced son of a bitch. He was known as a segregationist and he had uh, been the subject of an unsuccessful impeachment attempt after describing African-American witnesses in an earlier case as chimpanzees. Mm. Yeah. But on the first day of the trial, when the defense attorney asked a witness whether Schwerner was part of a plot to rape white women. Oh, my God. Okay. Can, can we not forget that several years prior to this, Money, Mississippi was the place where. Uh, oh, my God. Now it's like leaving my head. Mm-mm. That kid was killed. The one that got his like face. For whistling. So, so yes. Yeah. Or his mom had to come. Emmett Till. Emmett. Money, Money, Mississippi was where Emmett Till was killed. So Mississippi has a long history. And obviously there was these eight bodies that they they found 
in the swamps and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sad. A lot of shit was going down in Mississippi, apparently, in the 60s. And probably way before that. Okay, so, but on the first day of, so we're talking about, uh, Judge Cox being prejudiced and like them worrying about like whether this was going to be a fair trial or not. But on the first day of the trial, when the defense attorney asked a witness whether Schwerner was part of a plot to rape white women during the summer of 1964, Cox called the question improper, stating, I'm not going to allow a farce to be made of this trial. This surprised the prosecutor, and it was clear he was taking the trial seriously. So they were like, okay, well, maybe, maybe. That was funny. EVP. Was that your was that your Okay, as the trial proceeded, the prosecution read the nineteen sixty four confessions of Horace Doyle Barnett and James Jordan, which described what happened on the night of June twenty first. So I didn't really go through the list of all the fucking KKK members. Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> That was that like just came, it just forced out. That was like your your meal came up with it. Yeah. Maybe I should be wearing <laughs> stretchy pants. Um, okay, so I'm like I was saying, I I'm not like going down the list of all the names of well, all the KKK members our, because our I don't want to give them be, advertisement. Like no. who gives a fuck? But like they are gonna come up. Like there are specific guys. Anyways, prosecution read. The 1964 Confessions of Horace Doyle Barnett and James Jordan, which described what happened on the night of June 21st after leaving Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman in the Philadelphia jail. Cecil Price, who, so when you watch Mississippi Burning, he's portrayed, um, what's the name of that one actress? Frances McDormand. She plays that deputy's wife, so that's supposed mm. to be Cecil Price. That's that's the character, but there's like a scene in there where she basically tells um, the act- other actor, I can't remember his name right now, tells him like where the bodies are. Like she's a fictional character mm. all the way around. So anyways, after leaving Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman in the Philadelphia jail, Cesa Price contacted Edgar Ray Killen, one of the leaders of the Ku Klux Klan, and he's played by that. I can't remember remember the name of the actor, but he's just like... He's the business owner mm-hmm. in the the movie, the Mississippi Burning mm-hmm. movie, where he kind of gets away with everything. Like, but he's the one that instigates it all because he's like the the, the leader oh. of the mm-hmm. whole thing. Is Kevin Spacey in it? No. Who is that? I just got a vision of somebody. It's going to drive me crazy. Gene Hackman. That's who, who it is. Gene Hackman. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. You know what? I think of Gene Hackman and I think of the first Superman movies where he's Lex Luthor. Like, that's what always comes oh. into my head. But when he was in, and I don't think he's an attractive man, Mm-mm. but in Mississippi Bernie, mm-hmm. he was an attractive, and the first time I watched this, I mm. was like, there was something very attractive about him, like some kind of pull about him. Mm-hmm. Just the way he plays that role. Right. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was that <laughs> made me hot for Gene Hackman. That's hilarious. <laughs> He just got sexy all of a sudden. He, he was really sexy in that movie. I don't know what it was. All right. So Killen directed Klan members to gather in Philadelphia that evening when two cars filled with Klansmen headed for the outskirts of Philadelphia. So this is like kind of the details of what happened that night. Two cars filled with Klansmen headed for the outskirts of Philadelphia. Price released the civil rights workers from jail. Okay. and ordered them to head back to Meridian. He then joined the pursuit of the core station wagon. So that, that deputy what? joins the pursuit. He jumps in one of the cars, and then right. they start chasing him right. down. Catching up with the three civil rights workers on Highway 19, the Klansmen forced the men into their cars and drove all the vehicles to 
Rock Cut Road, a nearby side street. They forced the men out of the vehicle, and James Jordan and Elton Roberts shot Michael Schwerner and Andrew Goodman. Ugh. James Cheney, who happened to be the only African-American with them, was beaten before he was shot, and, oh. and he was shot three times, where the other two were only shot once. Oh, gosh. After the victims had been shot, they were quickly loaded into their station wagon and transported to Burridge's Old Jolly Farm, located along Highway 21, a few miles southwest of Philadelphia, where an earthen dam for a farm pond was under construction, and like all the workers were ordered to leave early. Tucker was already at the dam waiting for the lynch mob's arrival. Earlier in the day, Barrage, Posey, and Tucker had met at either Posey's gas station or Barrage's garage to discuss these burial details, and Tucker's most like Tucker most likely was the one who covered up the bodies using a bulldozer that he yeah. owned. An autopsy. So that's not even the worst part of this. You mm. want to know the worst part of this? Mm. An autopsy of Goodman showing fragments of red clay in his lungs, and there was like hard red clay in his fit, like Mm-mm. just clasped in his fist, suggests Mm-mm. he was probably buried alive. Mm-mm. Nope. After they were buried, Deputy Price made a speech. Well, boys, you've done a good job. You've struck a blow for the white man. Mississippi can be proud of you. You've let those agitating outsiders know where this state stands. Go home now and forget it. Just put it out of you. I mean, they really do think they're doing God's work. But before you go, I'm looking each one of you in the eye and telling you this. Mm -hmm. The first man who talks is dead. If anybody who knows anything about this ever opens his mouth to any outsider about it, then the rest of us are going to kill him, just as dead as we killed those three son of a bitches tonight. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? The man who talks is dead, dead, dead. Wow. So in 1967, seven men were convicted on federal conspiracy charges and given sentences. Nobody got convicted of murder. Uh Uh-uh. Of three to ten years, but none served more than six. Oh. Mm-mm. Yeah. No one was tried on the charge of murder. The contemptible words of the presiding federal judge, William Cox, that motherfucker, gives an indication of Mississippi's version of justice at the time. Mm. They killed one enter and murder, one Jew, and a white man. Mm-mm. I gave them all what I thought they deserved. Another eight defendants were... Qu- I gave them all what I thought they deserved. mm Another eight defendants were acquitted by their all-white juries, and another three ended in mistrials. One of those mistrials freed Edgar Ray Preacher, Killen, believed to be the ringleader after the jury in this case was deadlocked by one member who said she couldn't bear to convict a preacher. Oh, heavens. Some preacher. Mm-mm. On January 17th, seven, sorry. On January 7, 2005, four decades after the tr- the crime, Edgar Ray Killen, then 80, was charged with three counts of murder. He was accused of orchestrating the killings and assembling the mob that killed the three men. So that was just recent, 2005. Holy cow. On June 21st, the 41st anniversary of the murders, Killen was convicted on three counts of manslaughter. Huh. A lesser charge. He received the maximum sentence, 60 years in prison, which, I mean, he's 80 at this time. Oh, wow. Well, he already got to live most of his life. Yeah, motherfucker. The grand jury declined to call for the rest of the seven other living members of the original group. 
18 suspects wow. arrested in 1967. Mm-mm. And I was watching like one of the documentaries and they were talking about these guys are just, you know, living their life, the living the grand old, yep. ripe old age, last days of their lives, Mm-mm. just with no repercussions for Probably taking the lives of, hu- doing it. of other human beings. Nope. A major reason the case was reopened was a 1999 interview with Sam Bowers, a former Ku Klux Ku Klux Klan. I always want to say Ku Klux Klan, but it's Ku Klux Klan. Grand Wizard convicted in 1967. So he was a Grand Wizard of giving. Oh, wait, wait. Interview of Sam Bowers, a former Ku Klux Klan wizard convicted in 1967 of giving the order to have Michael Schwerner killed. Bowers remarked in the interview that took place. Our, our microphones keep making weird noises. I don't know why is that doing that? Mm-hmm. And then Shorty's snoring, snoring in the background here. Yeah, I don't know why we're not touching anything. Um, so Killen basically says to him, "I was quite delighted to be convicted and have the main instigator of the entire affair walk out of the courtroom a free man." Everybody, including the trial judge and the prosecutors and everybody else, knows that 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 happened. Bowers claims that Killen was a central figure in the murders and organized the KKK mob that carried them out. So he threw him under the bus. Everybody fucking knew. Everybody fucking knew it. Like, just because this guy said it, like, they had more than enough evidence at the time it happened, but they weren't willing to convict him of murder. Hmm. But since laws and, like, feelings and everything changed over the years, they finally, like, well, take it, this it up. Well, it's almost like it gets unavoidable. You have to do something. Right. Mississippi Burning is a 1988, we keep mentioning it, 1988 mm-hmm. American Biographical, I mean if that's what you want to call it, crime thriller film directed by Alan Parker that is loosely based on the 1964 Cheney Goodman and Schwerner murder investigation in Mississippi. And like I said, it stars Gene Hackman, William Defoe, um, and they're the two FBI agents assigned to investigate the disappearance of three civil rights workers in fictional Jessup County, Mississippi. Upon release, Mississippi Burning was criticized by activists involved in the civil rights movement and the families of Cheney, Goodman, and Schwerner for its fictionalization of events. Critical reaction was mixed, though the performances of Hackman, Defoe, and Francis McDormand were generally praised. The film grossed $34.6 million in North American box office revenue against a production budget of $15 million. It received seven Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, and it won for Best Cinematography. Gene Hackman as Agent Rupert Anderson was based on John Proctor, which was one of the FBI agents. Uh Willem Dafoe as Agent Alan Ward, based on Joseph Sullivan. I got my information from uh, PBS American Experience, Wikipedia, FBI.gov website, and Civil Rights Digital Library. Side note. Mm. So... When you watch the movie, there's one um, scene where they get the mayor of this town in Mississippi burning. Mm -hmm. They get the mayor, they kidnap him, and they have this kind of like outside, like tough guy when uh, Willem Dafoe and Gene Hackman Hackman finally kind of like butt heads and they're like, Gene Hackman's like, I'm going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. Um, So he pulls in this guy, they kidnap the mayor. And they take him and he like threatens him with a razor blade that he's going to cut his nuts off. Oh my God. And he basically, in that instance, he gives up the location of the bodies Uh. or he gives up something which leads them to the next step and whatever. So there was this guy. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) I think think it's her. 
Jeez, she's just like so. Yeah, she's in La La Land she for is sure. Very asleep. So there's this guy. Okay, in the movie, it's played by this actor Baja Dejola. He plays a black guy that mm-hmm. you know comes in and does that. He's doing the dirty work. But in real life, supposedly it was this FBI informant who was a former uh, capo and hitman for the Colombo crime family. What? His name is Gregory Scarpa. He he actually came, he didn't do the whole razor blade thing, but he like helped. It wasn't the mayor. It was some other guy that was involved. Wow. And the FBI doesn't corroborate it, but they don't deny it either. So very interesting detail. And supposedly he's the one that gave whoever this guy was. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't write all this part in the story, but supposedly this guy that he threatens is Mm -hmm. the one that gives the location of the bodies. Mm -hmm. But... The FBI is like, no, it's it was this of Mr. Course. X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Ooh, that's some good fun facts. Isn't that an interesting fact? So interesting. Yeah. I was digging it. Well, I'm going to take a... going to take a break. Break! We'll be right back. And we're back. Hmm. You know what I watched the other day? Hmm. Mary Poppins. The new one. Oh, was it good? It was okay. I don't, I don't... I never got into the first one. My mom used to love it, so we used to watch it all the time. So yeah. that's why I feel bad because I didn't do that to my kids. Sound of Music, Wizard of Oz. I love the those, sound. All those. Wizard of Oz. Oklahoma. Always scared me, but we watched it because uh, it was my sister's favorite. But uh, I like Sound of Music. It's just Mary Poppins was the only one I couldn't get into. Really? A spoon full I love of that. sugar helps spoon the full. medicine spoon go down. Full of sugar. <laughs> we, we should never have a musical. Uh, hilarious i'm kind of tone deaf oh i'm super tone deaf and and the best thing is i i think i sound amazing i'm just kidding i don't i think my first clue is i know i sound terrible tell me to stop singing when they were really little (laughs) yeah mom don't sing no (laughs) serena would put her hand on her mouth oh that's so sad (laughs) yeah no i can't dance and i don't sing. Um, I can dance after a few shots of tequila. Mm-mm. Or I think I can dance. Mm-mm. I can definitely shake my booty. Yeah, I don't even have... I mean, I used to when I was younger, thinner. I would. I had a little more groove, but not much. Like, I don't even have... I can do good, like, dancing at the bar. I look like I know how to dance. Mm-hmm. And so somebody will come up and be like, and you hey, you want to dance? And, and I'm like... have two left feet? Not even that. It's just, I am Elaine on Seinfeld. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> there is no rhythm, no groove, no nothing. Like when they say everybody can dance. No, not this one. Not everybody? Nope. I can't even bop up and down. To, and Nope. I can at a sitting down. But once you get the legs involved and yeah. the arms. Right. Mm-mm. Try to coordinate like all your limbs yeah. together. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't work. To a beat. Forget about it. Yeah. That's what I look like. <laughs> biting the lip all right if you guys could see us we're like doing our dance this moves is where right we now. need the camera yeah. <laughs> i'm break dancing look at oh wait wait see i can't even do that do the wave nope. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to pee again in two seconds oh, no. for god's sakes alive let's get to my story She's like, i'm gonna pee again in two seconds uh-huh. and she takes a sip of her wood. that's right I mean, if I'm going to pee, I may as well drink. Are we ready? 
I'm ready for your story. And I'm excited. And go. we're sticking kind of with the same theme, right? Mississippi. Mississippi. And I'm going back. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. <laughs> I'm going to the Civil War <gasps> time. Taking it way back. Going way back. Yeah, this is interesting. Okay, so a little history. It's about McRaven House, which is known in Mississippi as not one of, it is known as the most haunted house in Mississippi. Really? Yeah, it's pretty insane. It's scary. It's scary up in there. Really? <laughs> the McRaven House was built in 1797. Oh, wow. And... It's crazy because it was built in like three different times. So they, they kind of say it's like a, a time capsule because it was built in... Like different editions were yeah, different times? Yeah, okay. different owners, different... It's kind of ah. cool. But anyway, the first owner is Andrew Glass. It was built in Walnut Hills, which is now Vicksburg, Mississippi. <laughs> That's, um, That's okay. Okay. A- little disgusting. A little inappropriate. Look at her cleaning her baby, though. Cleaning her her big-ass baby. (laughs) (laughs) Like, here, let me get this for you. Anyway, it's now Vicksburg, Mississippi, in the Civil War era. It is now known as the Bob House. The Bob? Bob? Like Bob the Builder? B-O-B-B. B-O-B-B. House. And it is listed in the National Register of Historic Places as such. Um, McRaven got its current name from the street it is located on, which is was formerly called McRaven Street. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of funny how they switched the name of this. Right. Anyway, it was McRaven Street, but is now Harrison Street. But it's and- still McRaven House. Oh! <laughs> Fuck! I got a face <laughs> on it! <laughs> an allergy pill i should be able to breathe and I we're back again after that interruption. so i lied apparently <laughs> about the fact that it's been really good at that's hilarious flatulating Mm-mm. on a regular basis i feel like i need to like brush my teeth now <laughs> i just bit into a fart like literally you literally. know when you you can literally taste the particles of shit that <laughs> You it have was, swallowed them. It was like hot, burning rubber coming out of that dog's <laughs> ass. <laughs> I feel like we never can have an episode. We're normal. We're normal do- where dogs aren't farting or snoring or shitting or <coughs> some sort of bodily... Oh, yeah functioning coming out of a dog and if it isn't the dogs it's us it's us right? <laughs> okay where were we? we were talking I about the house i need to start bringing an inhaler <laughs> <laughs> all right oh my god oh my god you want some coffee that might help open up your lungs a little it's okay i just don't want to have to pee in five minutes it's probably gonna happen anyway story of my life okay McRaven House, the street, the way, what it was being named. Anyway, after. yeah, it's kind of crazy that they kept, it's crazy that they feel like 
with each time they change the name. You can't stop thinking about it now. <laughs> each time the street name changes, they have to change the name of the house. Yeah. But anyway, it's the Bob house now. Anyway, the Bob. Uh, it's funny. Bob. It's the Bob house, the, but the they house call this McRaven. Bob. It's Bob. At the house named Bob. <clears throat> but they call it McRaven house. <laughs> Which is it? Spell Bob House or B-O-B-B. McRaven House. B-O-B-B-B. Yes. Boob. Boob. It's Boob's house. Anyway, the first portion of the house was built in 1797, as I said, when George Washington was president. Interesting. Yeah. And before Mississippi became a state. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. I love doing these stories. I learned a little bit. Just a little it was originally serving as a one-way station for pioneers en route to Nashville, <clears throat> to Nashville, Tennessee, along with the Natchez, Natchez? Mm-hmm. Trace. Not to Natchez Trace. Fused with nachos? Not nachos. Natchez oh. Trace. Nachos. So nachos mm. to the Mississippi River. Okay, so Mr. Glass, Andrew Glass, he's a highwayman, and he, this was his gig. <clears throat> Did he have brittle bone disease? I don't believe so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he built, he had this, this, this whole station mm-hmm. was like, um, it was like one big con. Mm-hmm. He built, he, uh, it, so the original house was built with a two room brick stru- structure. I can't talk. Story's over. <laughs> a Join two, the club. <laughs> two the club. room brick structure with one bedroom above the kitchen that had a removable ladder to prevent an ambush. But while well, he slept, but that's not what I heard. Okay. But I'm gonna explain that. Just remember this removable ladder because okay. in about two seconds I'm gonna re- explain it. <clears throat> Another story I heard about the latter. Anyway, uh, the house was built with blueberry and buttermilk plaster. So basically, it's a pan- it's a giant pancake. Yum! Sounds but it delicious. also had like horse hair, I think, in it. Okay, they just mind. neglected to say that. Okay. okay. Um, he killed it with the horse hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat that. I was that about to go put up. some syrup on that. <laughs> blueberry and buttermilk. But what's crazy is. It still stands today with that horsehair, blueberry, buttermilk plaster. Who knew? And it also, in at least one of the rooms I know, has the original wallpaper in it. You know what they From said? From 1790 something? From one of these. Yeah. Around that time. I don't know which one. Mm-hmm. Um, they And I think it had something to do with not cleaning it often, not dusting a lot. Just letting the, just so, so basically. The horsehair got in there because they didn't dust? No, no, no. Oh. This is the room that has Be- the wall, the original wallpaper oh. in it to this day. Okay, okay, okay. And it, and I think, and it looks still looks good. Really? And I think it's because they said something about. So then they, you know, it's like don't dust your house; it'll preserve it. But, Interesting. <clears throat> I'm going to try that method. <laughs> I've already tried it. <laughs> <laughs> still, I'm trying it. Okay, so let me just explain so his house. It? Yeah. Oh. It's beautiful. But anyway, let me explain this two-room thing. So what Andrew Glass did was people would come and stay, like put their stuff at this station for pioneers, you know. Mm-hmm. So they would kind of drop off stuff and <clears throat> stay there, I guess. And then he would 
he he what i heard was that he would actually he's murdered people but i don't know that wasn't mentioned in some of this stuff what you heard when you say you heard when i heard heard. it was some of the stories as i was researching and then um they also said what his his con was he would just steal from these people take it up into that room Mm, pull up the ladder pull up the ladder nobody could take have some buttermilk pancakes Mm -hmm. and just kind of kick it up there until they left yeah so nobody could take what he had taken from them Hmm. so and that so where it was saying like he did it so in case there was an ambush it was actually so people couldn't take their belongings back that he had stolen and i don't truly believe it had anything to do with the ambush but i guess that could be part of it anyway um he died in that house he's number one to die in the house of natural causes Uh, mr glass would rob people traveling to the notches notches trace Mm mm-hmm and hide out in McRaven. His surprising death became the start of McRaven's haunting. Well, okay, so I uh, just want to make sure. I think he's the one that, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me first. I'm just going to read this. As first built, McRaven consisted of only a kitchen and one room above it. This part of the house is known as the Pioneer's Section. Andrew is the first soul to haunt the hall of this soon-to-be-large house. As he and his wife... Okay, so I guess he had gotten caught by the sheriff. Somebody had shot him. Mm -hmm. He came home and was like... I got caught. They're going to hang me. Oh, I don't want to be hanged. Mm-hmm. So you need to finish me off. He had his wife shoot him, kill him, take him out. What a crazy request. Yeah. So she did. And he died in the house. Also, he didn't have That'd to be, be crazy if they had hanged. like a bad marriage and she's like, okay. <laughs> nice. I finally I've get been to get rid to of do you. this for yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's what happened to him. Also, he didn't have to pay for his crimes by being hind hang anyone behind he just got shot <clears throat> by his wife like what a shitty thing what a, to do to her i know now she's gotta live with that dick unless maybe she didn't like him. maybe she was like cool mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one way to get rid of him <laughs> i'm tired of a shit motherfucker yeah yep. thanks for the permission all right so <laughs> in 18 he's probably like his ghost is like you didn't have to enjoy it yeah <laughs> Wow, she really liked it. I asked for one bullet hole. And if he's haunting the place and she moves on with her life, gets another husband, or like has like he has to watch the whole thing. I get. Well, doesn't sound like he uh, ventured off. Sounds like he stayed at the house. Interesting. In 1836, sheriff, the very sheriff that uh, I believe shot Mister Glass, Mm -hmm. I think. Is the one that ended up buying the house, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Anyway, his name is Stephen Howard. He bought the house. <clears throat> that shot him? I think it's the very same one. Wait, Mr. Glass is the one that had his wife shoot him? Yeah. And then the sheriff... Shoots him too? Okay, remember he came home uh-huh. injured because oh, he was okay, shot. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like... Anyway, in 1836, the sheriff, Stephen Howard, bought the house with his very young wife. Very young, I mean 12 years old when they got married. Ew! Her name was Mary Elizabeth. Oh, get this. That's gross. Um, How old is he? 
I don't. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't he's, say, but he was definitely 12. older. She's um, twelve. He's a sheriff, so that's he's gross. older. It is, but that's what they did back then. <sighs> anyway, when they married, she was twelve, and he added the middle dining room and the bedroom above it. It was built in empire architectural style. We all know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> no, nope. Sheriff Howard's wife, Mary Elizabeth, she died in the house during childbirth mm. at age 15 in late August of 1836 Ugh. in the bedroom, in the middle bedroom. And, um, which was like, <clears throat> if you were a woman in back then, if you were going to die, it was probably in childbirth. Yeah. But at 15, like what could go wrong with that? I don't know. That's so young. I don't know. Anyway, um, <clears throat> he lived in the house with the child for a couple years and then he moved on. And then the house was purchased by John H. Bob. B-O-B-B-Y. John H. Bob. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob. Yes. Sir. In 1849. We're assholes. Sorry. <laughs> if you're from Mississippi, sorry. Yeah, we're butchering that. Yeah. Um, Bob, Bob built Bob built the rest of the house Bob in, the in Greek revival style. So he added a front entryway, a parlor, another beautiful staircase. Oh, and the guy before, what was his name? Howard. Mm-hmm. He built, Mr. Howard, built a staircase also. So okay. they're now I think we're on two or three staircases. So Greek revival is the facade that's on there now. Uh-huh. Probably. He added upstairs and a dressing area for him, a gentleman's dressing area. Mm. Um, okay, so during during this, so now this place has grown, it's pretty, you see, it's huge. Right. And it's very pretty. It is pretty. Um, it's what you, it looks like your <clears throat> tip, typical southern. Like a colonial looking, doesn't it look colonial? Well, it doesn't have the. It has the pillar. It has the pillars, oh, but it's not those. The, the round ones. The yeah, pillars. you're right. Anyway, uh, during the Civil War, uh, during the Civil War's 1863 Siege of Vicksburg, mm-hmm. McRaven was used as a Confederate field hospital and campsite. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Since it was located so close to the railroad, a major point of battle, the house was, oh, it had got, it still has original like bullet holes and stuff. It had gotten damaged by cannon blasts and from both the Union and Confederate forces. Wow. And there's a lot of, a lot of soldiers died right like on that property. So keep that in mind because I'm pretty sure it's haunted by more than just five souls. Right. Anyway, the siege of Vicksburg, uh, Vicksburg, I'll just, um, cause I was pretty interested in some of this for those of you who don't know, it was May 18th to July 4th, 1863. I'm just going to read it real fast. Um, it was the final major military action of the Vix- Vicksburg campaign of the American civil war in the series of maneuvers, um, made, Union Major General Ulysses, 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 S. Grant, can't even say it, Um, Ulysses, wait, say it, Ulysses, S. Grant, S. Grant, and his army of the Tennessee crossed the Mississippi, now I'm stuck on, I can't say his name, 
<laughs> crossed the Mississippi River and drove to the Confederate Army of Mississippi. But do you know that, um, well, okay, I'm not going to get into it. He he kind of was like a, General Grant was kind of like an, I think he was like a store owner before he became in the military. Really? Yeah, he was just like a, or a store, or worked in a store or something. And so then to become somebody in history that's so prominent, you really don't know who you're going to be. Right. You know? True. Anyway, I found that really interesting. Anyway, Vicksburg was the last, I think I may have, just skip it. it the, the important part is. <laughs> just skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Fast forward. I have no idea where I lo- where I stopped. They're crossing something. Crossed the Mississippi River and drove to the Confederate Army of Mississippi led by Lieut- Lieutenant General John C. Pem- Pemberton into the defensive lines surrounding the fortress city of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Vicksburg, the, I can't even say Vicksburg. What is wrong with me? It was the last major whiskey tone. I mean, I did make a pretty yeah. big one, and it's yeah. almost gone. Um, and at and least I, you're not talking like I was in the last no, episode. No, mine's more like yeah. a, you know, because from the energy, my energy being yeah. like. Bleh. Vicksburg was the last major Confederate stronghold in the on the Mississippi River, therefore capturing it. It was kind of like the Holy Grail. Okay. Oh, so perfect. When two major assaults against the Confederate, I'm not going to read all this because this doesn't blah 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 blah. I I thought I summarized it. Blah 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 blah. Basically, it was a big deal that this area got seized okay um because it was kind of like the last little piece of where everything needed to come and then that's where like mississippi became an actual state Mm -hmm. not not too long after that anyway but anyway let's see when two major assaults against the confederate fortifications on may 19th and 22nd were repulsed with heavy casualties grant decided to besiege see he lost a ton of men um so it was kind of like he had to pull out what do you call it a hail mary Mm -hmm. to to do what he did and that's why i'm like this was just like he's just a store owner or, or worker i mean it's not like he had serious training War training. It doesn't seem no. like you know. I mean, he he really? obviously did. He was but like one of the most famous generals. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like you never know who you're going to exactly. be. That's not how he started. Right. It's just this war happened and he ended up in it, kind of thing. It was, right. You know, it wasn't like this is my career for life. Right. He wasn't something before, like before he was the store owner. I don't. Um. Like I'm not going to pretend I know a lot. I just know. I don't know what he was. He was. But he was a, he was a, one of the major generals for the North. Yeah, he's general lieutenant. I mean, he's like high up there, mm-hmm. and he's he's like the reason why this happened. Right. You know, but it's crazy to think that that's not where he started. He was a a store owner. Like <laughs> anyway, let's skip all that. The ba- okay. the bottom line is it was because of this siege. I just thought it was really interesting that this that like all about this, not the whole confederate union all that but just this one little piece i thought it was really interesting but anyway okay because of how the towns were surrounded citizens rich and poor were forced 
This went on for like 47 days. And because of this, it didn't matter if you were rich or you're poor. They were kind of forced out of their homes. Even this Bob guy, you know, mm-hmm. he, his house, it's not like he was like, here, use my house. He was kind of forced out of it. I don't think he actually had to go into hiding. But a lot of people, they were like going into these makeshift caves and i mean after 47 days you run out of food right they were starved and so they were eating things like rats and let's see yeah dogs rats on a stick horses horses and mules i mean they were eating whatever was there that they wouldn't ordinarily eat and um I, i saw somewhere that they were like and that was being served in their at the butcher and i'm like that none of that was available though they were like in hiding i heard that right <laughs> may 18th 1864 after vicksburg had fallen to union forces john bob noticed a a group of six drunken union occupation soldiers picking flowers from a garden outraged bob promptly ordered them to leave immediately the soldiers cursed at him and refused to leave. So John picked up a brick and threw it at them. He's like, fuck you assholes. This is my house. He knocked out a sergeant. He knocked him to the ground, mm-hmm. which that's pretty. Nope. The soldiers left vowing to burn down Bob's house. So Bob reported the incident to the federal commander of Vicksburg, General Henry W. Slocum. 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 That's a great name. <laughs> Looks kind of funny written here. Who dismissively said he would, he'd yell at those responsible. <laughs> I'll get to the bottom of this. Yeah, they're in trouble. They're in big trouble. And um, they upon- pick my flowers <laughs> in the middle of a war. Well, I'm going to talk to those bad boys. And so upon returning to the gates of his home, Bob was met by 25 Union troops who took him to Stout's Bayou, Bayou, mm-hmm. Bayou, Bayou, um, about 100 yards from his house and fatally, first though. Oh, shit. They fatally that shot him. quick. They shot him in the back and face. Um, it all started over some flowers. Yeah, but I also saw where they were talking about like he was beaten too, but being shot in the back and face is right. pretty personal. Yeah. Anyway, Bob's death was the first recorded act of violence perpetrated by Union troops after the siege. John's widow, Selena Bob. Selena Bob. Selena Bob sold the house to a realtor. <laughs> In 1869, to realtor, hmm, and moved to a family plantation outside of New Orleans, Louisiana, called Sunnyside. Sunnyside. Okay, now. Sunnyside, Louisiana. I mean, she needs to be at a place called Sunnyside after what her what her husband went through. Right. Anyways, McRaven was eventually sold to William Murray in 1882. Murray and his wife. Ellen Flynn raised four daughters and three sons in in McRaven. William Murray died at the house in 1911. His wife Ellen died there in 1921. Their daughter Ida died in 1946 and a son died in 1950. All in McRaven. It's interesting that I just read all that because some people were like only five people are like noted to be have died in the residence that that That's takes some, us up to yeah. more so 
I'm going to stick with my information. Well, Bob didn't technically die in McRaven. He died on the property. But so did a lot of soldiers. So do we count all them too? Because that's like thousands. Right. Um, From this point on, William's daughters, Annie and Ella Marie, both considered unmarried. What do you call them? Spensters. Spensters. (laughs) I mean, what was that? Like they were 30? Unmarried and 30? They never got married. Oh, okay. And I think they died in like their 80s. What? Oh, Burpee again. Uh, both unmarried, lived alone in the house with no modern conveniences. No, nothing. No TVs. No, they did have a telephone. That's it. Okay. Aside from a telephone. And no contact with the outside world except their doctor, Walter Johnston. In 1960, Ella Marie died at the age of 81, and her sister Annie sold the house after moving into her nursing home. Oh. Yeah. It's crazy that it was in the family that long, though. Yeah, that is a long time. Um, At this point, the house was in such disrepair that neighbors and current residents had no idea it existed. Isn't that crazy? It's so like what? how do you not know? So there was like a big hedge in front of it. Like wh- no, how did I they... think you know how like once somebody doesn't take care of it and it's kind of like not being lived in, right. like because it wasn't. They were just they were living in it, right. but it wasn't lived in. Then kind of like the nature starts to grow. Right. I bet I think that's what was happening. There it was so overgrown with stuff that they just dis- disappeared. Yeah, and people just I think into nature. Yeah, and you know how like. You kind of, something's there. You see it every day. You start to not see it anymore. Yeah. The upper story was completely overgrown. Oh, I'm so smart. (laughs) Like this is the first time I read it. The the upper story was completely overgrown with vines and the sisters had resorted to chopping up the antique furniture for firewood. That is sad. Yeah, that's a bummer. And this is like in the 60s? Yep. 1960. They must have been like... 1950s and 60s, I would say, is like the later part. That's sad. Yeah. In 1960, the house was sold to the Bradway family with a cosmetic restoration. McRaven was open to the public as a tour home in 1961. Oh. In 1961, that well, they got it fixed up quick. Hmm. In 19 went in there with a weed whacker. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this wallpaper! Wow, that's that's probably what kept it so. In 1979, O.E. Bradway sold McRaven and some of the furnishings to Charles and Sandra Harvey. What hadn't been turned into firewood? Yeah. For $75,000. Wow. Wow, that's a steal. After the spring pilgrimage. (laughs) It's a big word, Carlene. (laughs) Pilgrimage. (laughs) Um, The Harveys closed the house and took on a year-long restoration at at a cost near a hundred thousand. Still, Jeez. that's a good deal for that house. The restoration included such things as woodwork, rewiring, plumbing, and plastering. A master, a master at past, a master at plaster, master blaster, <laughs> a master at plaster restorations. Mister Litter, Mister Litter, <laughs> Mister Little. <laughs> 
I cannot read this. Mr. Little of Jackson took on the extraordinary task of plastering all the walls and ceilings and restoring the Greek revival cornices and ceiling medallions. It's C-O-R-N-I-C-E-S. Cornices, yeah. I don't even know what that is. And ceiling medallions. Having samples of the original carpet from the John Bob era, Miss Harvey found Billy a Bob, John Bob, John Billy Bob. Bob found a company in Georgia to reproduce the carpet of for the parlor, um, front entry stairwell, and upstairs front bedroom. Hmm. She also did extensive research on each period of the house to have authentic paint, wallpaper, fabrics, and furnishings for the public. Interesting. The front and rear porch were in despair and had been roped off by Bradway. Lincoln Brown, wait, Lincoln Brown with the waterways experimental station rebuilt both front and rear porches. While in the attic, Mr. Harvey discovered many rafters had been damaged from the Union's shelling. Oh, see, this is where it needed repair. The 1840s privy, which was purchased by Bradway from the Vic House, was also repaired once again, ready for touring. So basically, they just revamped the whole house. It says here the Harveys moved to Natchez and sold McRaven to Leland French for $275,000. This place has been sold so many times. I know. I'm almost done. Almost to the ghost. Okay. Um, in 1984, Leland French purchased McRaven. And did further restoration. French was the first owner since the Murrays to reside in the house. Aside from a modern kitchen and bathroom in in its basement, McRaven has remained largely unchanged since the 19th century. Uh, For this reason, McRaven was featured in the July 1963 issue of National Geographic, which called it Time Capsule of the South. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. Um, it's also been featured, like Ghost Adventures was there, National Geographic, Travel Channel. There's, there's been a lot of stuff done on it. In May 2007, owner Leland French put McRaven up for sale for $1,750,000. Oh, wow. yeah. price just keeps going up mm-hmm. and up and up. In August 2015, Stephen and... K- Kendra Reed purchased the home. They reopened it for both historical and ghost tours. And that's what they do now. Even right. now they do with the masks and everything. They mm. showed that they do, you know, safe ghost tours and right. do groups. And anyway, it's a cool place. If you're if you're in Mississippi and you want to go visit it, go. It sounds like it's an awesome place to visit. <laughs> anyway, the ghosts. Okay. What I'm waiting for. What I'm okay. waiting for. I mean, it's known for one of the most haunted places. Okay, um, adding to the legend of McRaven being haunted, at least five occupants, which we know there's more, right? Um, died inside the house. Uh, do we talked about John Bob, right? right? Oh no, did I tell you yeah. John Bob was murdered? Yeah. No, no, not John. Not oh, there's a different Bob. Did I say John Bob was murdered outside? Oh yeah, 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 because he did. was taken by the yeah. soldiers. Okay, whoo, Carlene, keep up with your own damn story. I'm tired. <laughs> Never do a podcast the same day I do a reading. He was murdered just outside the premises. It's also likely that a few Confederate soldiers died on the property. Told you that. Um, During the time it was used as a field hospital also. Did I tell you that? Yeah. So definitely soldiers 
died. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, Reports of ghostly activity are set to spread throughout the house, but the center of the activity seems to be in the middle bedroom upstairs, the room where Mary Elizabeth Howard, age 15, died while giving birth. Her ghost is believed to be responsible for the bedside lamp in this room. Um, For what? That doesn't make sense. Anyway. Does it turn on and um, off or what? Yeah, which has been reported to turn on (coughs) and off seemingly at will. Um, In the time before Leland French bought the house and started living there in 1984 and previous, the previous owners who didn't reside in the home were frequently awakened by calls in the middle of the night telling them the lights at McRaven had come on. Oh, that gave me goosebumps right now. Crazy, right? Um, Mary, (laughs) Mary Elizabeth's ghostly apparition has appeared on the house's flying wings. Oh, flying wing staircase. Go move on to the next page, Carlene. <laughs> yes, um, they do. They commented a lot about seeing her apparition. And I think people might have caught it on photograph, but I'm not sure. 100%. I don't, I didn't even look it up. Oh, and in the dining room. Hmm. Um, and they also say something about hearing kids going up and down the stairs, oh, really? too. Mm-hmm. And that's... That hasn't been mentioned that kids passed away. Uh, no. Oh, well, they had a family that pretty mm-hmm. much died mm-hmm. in the house, right? I might mention it in here. We'll see. Uh, well, while handling Mary Elizabeth's wedding shawl, some people say it admits heat, while others claim it almost jumps out of their hands. Damn, her wedding shawl is still intact and still yeah, there? I guess so. Was that in the attic or something? I think they I, have it in her room. Oh, that's crazy. And, where'd they find it? I don't know. Like after it... I mean, I don't know. They didn't say. That's crazy. Yeah. I want to say, let me see. Oh, yeah. And let me see if I talk about it in here because I took notes while I was watching some YouTubers. And actually, there was only one paranormal group, really, that I saw that was in there. Um, McRaven owner Leland French once saw the ghost of former owner William Murray on the staircase mm-hmm. and after realizing who it was and the fact that he is dead <laughs> a frightened french ran upstairs to the bob bedroom the, the, the bob bedroom the bob bedroom okay. and locked the door <laughs> yeah that's gonna keep him out yep he later called an episcopal priest and had the house blessed the spirits of Ella and Annie Marie, I could picture them not leaving. Like like me, I'll well, haunt the shit Well, they spent so many years in that. Like they, yeah. It it's sounds like they their raised house. their family there. Yeah. They, they love their house. Yeah. Um, are also said to run the, the grounds of McRaven. Okay, so I watched some paranormal investigators called Society of the Supernatural. No, no, no. Society of the Supernatural. Ooh. Sounds like I have to change my voice to yeah. get these words out. You could be like a radio mm-hmm. announcer. Yes. Yes. While investigating, <laughs> I put on my 1 800 call Carlene voice. <laughs> While investigating, they did a lot of EVPs. Don't, don't, don't get excited, people. That's just my sexy voice. <laughs> 
Um, they did get a lot of EVPs and they play a lot of spirit. Oh, okay. As they're walking through the house and they would, they just naturally were getting EVPs on their equipment. Mm -hmm. So you would hear like whispering of words and things. Also, um, I may mention this again, but there was like a cackle in the house. Like I can't even mimic it. It's just this creepy ass giggle that was throughout the house. I'm pretty sure I'll I'll mention it again. But anyway, and they play with the spirit box almost the whole time. They have the spirit box going like they're very dependent on the spirit box and they don't even have to be because they're naturally getting EVPs. But anyway, um, almost the whole time they get things that make sense though. Like when they were asking questions, they were getting, you know, it was, it wasn't like, sometimes I, you know, I'll doubt the spirit box because sometimes it's just saying words and you're like, it's not even making sense. But when it, like when we were doing it and it's actually like it's answering us right. or making sense, that's what this was doing. Okay. But what I liked the most was while using all of the fancy tools, they did get disembodied cries of a woman. They, this is the thing. You don't need those fancy tools. If you're, if that place is truly haunted, they're going to find a way. And that's, that's the thing. They were using spirit boxes and REM pods and they didn't even need all that because they were naturally getting stuff. Yeah. And the, the woman, the crying from the woman, it was, it happened a lot. Like in a few times in a row, they were getting the, it was a weird, it's, so you can't YouTube deny it. out there? It is. It's, it's the only one. It's okay. if they, if you just get on YouTube and pull up okay. Society of Supernatural, but if you just pull up the McRae house, All right. uh, well in a bedroom, uh, where the wife slashed her husband's throat. What? Oh yeah. Oh wait. Okay. Maybe. Did she not? There were, sh- there were two different stories. One that she shot him. Okay. And then there was one that she actually slashed his throat. Which is uglier. Yeah, it's gross. That's why there's two different things here. Okay. Anyway, I I look at multiple sources, resources. So. Well, and then the story, so I mean, is like 1700s. Yeah. So you're going to get multiple stories if they're. Even if it's like recent, sometimes you're going to get multiple stories. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they also get a figure on the... Okay, so you know those SLS mach- um, apps where they can... Well, apps or they actually sell machines that are just SLS machines. But anyway, it shows the, the stick. stick figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had actually gotten uh, the little spirit mm-hmm. sitting on the bed and a male's voice on the spirit box that seems to say things that correlate with like the violence that happened in that room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, some yucky things happened. There was some very not nice owners of that house. Um, In the beginning of their video, while filming with night vision and attempting to use the spare box, I personally could see tons of energies flying all around. But like when they were getting certain hits, I could see the energy going to like, the box and then they would get an answer of something and really yeah so it was kind of cool to actually see the spirit go to the box and they weren't even catching it or they don't care about because a lot of these people don't it's what they can record with their electronic devices yeah not paying attention to the other stuff and some will be like i don't believe the orbs it's dust and i'm like well dust can just 
be controlled like that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, two guides holding the spirit box. Anyway, it was amazing. Well, walking to the oldest part of the house, this is where when they're in the newer part of the house, it doesn't seem like they get as much. And when they go to the older part, they get a shitload of spirit activity. Walking to the old part of the house, uh, that's the most active part. One of the guys, they're like, you have to go like up some steps or down some steps. And he gets totally thrown off. And the reason I believe he wasn't being dramatic or fake is because he really got hurt. Like they show his knee and he really got hurt. So I don't think he would do that to himself on purpose. Unless he was drinking before they started recording. (laughs) No. And you can kind (laughs) of tell, like, it wasn't like he got pushed. It was like something knocked him off balance. And he said something hit my elbow Mm -hmm. and knocked me off balance. Oh, and okay. He states that Ghost Adventures also made a visit to this house. Interesting. But I couldn't find it. No. And then... It was one of those that you have to pay to watch, and I'm not going to pay to watch this. Watch him be dramatic and whatever. And then there was a channel called Tangi, T-A-N-G-I Paranormal, Mm -hmm. was investigating. And, it oh, they had a flashlight. Mm -hmm. And you know how Spirit will turn the flashlight on and off? Mm -hmm. And they had a flashlight on a chair and asked Selena Bob to turn it on. And you can see, again, the energy orb fly by the chair right as the flashlight turns on. Oh. Yeah. And then when they ask for validation of it being Selena, she turns the light off and on again. Um, This whole time you can see the energy of the spirit flying around, which I don't know if they caught that. Right. So, like, um, is uh, it the former wives, it seems like they're the ones that are sounds haunting? like they're the most active. Well, and any, like, icky energy is, like, these men. Like, right. any aggressive, like, somebody being pushed. Right. It's a man energy. Like, um, like the first owner who was mm. kind of a dumbass. But <laughs> um, this whole time you can see energy flying um spirit flying around i'm not sure if people realize the amount of energy it takes for spirit to do such tricks but i'm telling you it takes a lot of energy like for them just to even show their light as like an orb energy like that that takes a lot of energy and then to like flicker and they keep saying like can you do it again can you do this can you do that and then when it doesn't happen right away it's they, it takes a lot of energy for them to be able to do those things. So that's kind of cool that they got so many flickers of right. the light. Anyway, um, they then head to a bedroom. That thing just keeps doing weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> they then run uh, head into a bedroom where the woman named Mary died giving birth. And again, the flashlight began communicating with her and continuing, continued to get validation with the flashlight being turned on and off. Um, they, they had different flashlights stationed at different places in the room. And, oh, and during this, I think this is when they actually do investigations with the tour guides mm-hmm. and they do the flashlights too. And Oh, wow. Yeah. Duh. They had the flashlights stationed at different places in the room and asked for the spirit to turn those specific lights on and off instead instead she opened the dressing closet door Ooh. and it shows it 
So then they got distracted by a noise downstairs and the flashlight started to go on and off like she wanted to keep them in the room. Mm-hmm. So like the door opened, they get totally fascinated by that. Right. And then there's some racket going downstairs. So obviously another spirit wants their attention. So they start to go down there and then the flashlights start going off because she's no, no, like, no, no. hey, stay here. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. It's an active house. Like I'm lonely. Yeah, I want to talk to you. And you, maybe she was saving them from a not-so-nice spirit. Oh, could be. Yeah. You never know. Uh, then they got distracted by annoying blah, blah, blah. Okay, paranormal research ghost investigations had recorders throughout the... This is where... Had recorders throughout the house. And in every one of them, you can hear the loud, creeper, creepy laughter of what sounds like a man throughout the house. Ew. Yeah. Ew. So they just, like put re- just regular recorders which throughout. one was this um that's those paranormal that same paranormal oh no paranormal research ghost investigations and they're like we don't know which recorder this was coming from because it in some it was louder than others mm-hmm. but it really wasn't coming from like one room it's it's crazy sounding okay and it's creepy anyway the tour site offers investigations and they interview people afterwards who comment on hearing footsteps, seeing a head peek around the corner, the floor shaking. They should come to my house. <laughs> um, the feeling of something. Okay, if I was at your house and I saw a head peek around the corner, I'd be like, Colleen. Wait, did I tell you Hi. about the time? I'll finish telling you this and then I'll tell you. Um, okay, the floor shake. The feeling of someone around them, hair standing up, as well as capturing their own EVPs. They see the piano, ooh, the piano play, smell cigar smoke. I thought you said piñata. Piñata like, play? Why is there a piñata there? <laughs> piano. And they see apparitions. Pretty freaky house. Like full body apparitions? Yes. Some actually said, I think someone actually claimed to see just the body and no head, too. Huh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Connor's friend, (laughs) JR, stayed at our house one night. I'll take these off. And they, they were like 16 at the time. And so I had him sleeping in my front room. I had a hide a bed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in my room. Connor, obviously, is in Connor, Aiden, Allie, whatever. Everybody's in their own rooms. <laughs> and JR is all tucked in. Everybody's going to sleep. It's middle of the night. And you hear JR. <laughs> Go, Connor, is that you? Oh, I think Connor, you, I told yeah, you this yeah. one. And then he, all of a sudden, I have these boys running to my room and jumping in my bed. And I'm like, what is happening? And he's like, well, you see, I thought I saw Connor walk into the kitchen. And so I was like, Connor, is that you? And he didn't get a response. So he was like, well, damn, if he's getting food, I want food. Oh, so- nah. So he goes into the kitchen to find Connor and nobody's there. And he's like, I saw a human walk by me, go to the kitchen and walk into your kitchen. And I think he said they either walked in the pantry or into my laundry room, which that makes sense to me if they walk in the laundry room, because that's what they would do. And so he says, but then when he realized it wasn't Connor and there was nobody there. He freaked the fuck he out. He freaks out, 
goes and like gets Connor. Then they both end up in my room and I end up with two 16 year old boys <laughs> <curled up laughs> sleeping in my bed. I have one in my foot, one next to me. That's hilarious. Yeah. Totally freaked out. Oh my gosh. It's very hard for me to get somebody to come cat sit and stay the night at my house. Yeah, I don't know so that I would out. stay the night without you being there. <laughs> That's hilarious. That time that I just picked up those the camera, I oh. was off. <laughs> uh, I mean. Just slinked in, grabbed the camera, yeah. walked out with my back against the door. That's <laughs> fine. It's spooky. It's oh, you know spooky, why? Because right. your TV was playing. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah, totally yeah. freaked out. Well, partly I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know Somebody's somebody here. was here. <laughs> And then I was like, it occurred to me that nobody was there mm-hmm. and the TV was on by itself. And I was like, okay. Get the fuck out of here. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. And then I, uh, one of their friends had commented um, about your mom was peeking through the, the blinds. And they're like, my mom's not even hot. Nobody's in there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, somebody was looking at us through the blinds through that window. Interesting. And nobody was in there. Mm. Yep. One of these days. We need to do a ghost hunter, Carleen. Carleen's. Yes. We've been talking about it. I mean, it's the simplest, easiest. Come on. (laughs) Location to do it. It would be fun. All right. Well, is that all you got? That's it. That's a story? Yeah. That was cool. I thought I liked it. It was. I liked it. It was pretty haunted. It really is. It's freaky haunted i think this is like one of my most active not like most haunted but most active right like they really were getting i I wish they didn't use all the fancy equipment that's where i wish like the youtubers like omar or somebody they would get the Mm -hmm. raw the raw stuff Mm -hmm. interesting yeah that's a lot of ghosts for one place yeah seems like the south has a lot of ghosts yeah they do a lot of shit going on yeah they do (laughs) I think it's just from all of the the war stuff and the, well, I mean, we do too, really, because we have all that, the Indian territories and we yeah, do. Everything's so spread out yeah. around here compared it's, to It's not east. like you go, New Orleans is hardcore. Yeah. And the South. Yeah, you're right. There's like a lot. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's it for tonight. That's how I'm going to start laughing. <laughs> When you say so, I'm not even gonna. Don't don't come back and wait, haunt me and wait. laugh like that because I'm not even gonna. I'm from now on. This time I'm gonna. I'm gonna. She's not even says, moving her mouth. Yeah, I'm not gonna move my mouth. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> That's weird. It looks weird. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. That's the laugh I'm gonna hear for in the afterlife. Not that one. Don't please don't do that. Don't do that. No, I so badly want Albert to come out so he'll say something and I can go. Yeah, we're not gonna have any lucky so days. I can't believe he was out there working when I came here. Hey, show crazy on Sunday. All right, kids. All right. Well, that's it for tonight. Thank you for letting us entertain you. If you're watching us on YouTube, <laughs> do us a favor and hit subscribe. Yeah. And if you're listening to us Wait, on Wait, hit subscribe. Apple, 
Hit subscribe, Hit subscribe and, like. and like and follow and the bell or whatever else there is to hit. I mean, there's like all yeah, these all things. But also, yeah, Facebook. Facebook. Share. Instagram. Share us. Twitter. Tweet us. Tweet. <laughs> Obviously, we are so tired. It's Sunday night. Like, What's another one? Between you having your reading and me having my grandson mm-hmm. all weekend. Oh, podcast. Like, huh? iTunes or whatever, don't they need yeah. to like do yes. a little? If you're on iTunes, please mm-hmm. uh, do us a favor and leave us a review. <laughs> hit like, give us five stars. Hey, and if think this about a... purchasing some merchandise so we can go and explore some things. Yes, over at our uh... Teespring. Anyway, um, also, uh, you know, if you're feeling a little love in your heart and you want to give a little. We do are that. so we full of life tonight. Yeah. I know. We're like, love you, sick. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm, it's just, you know, I'm throwing it out there. If you're feling a little charitable and you want to give a whole $2 a month. Yes, we are on Patreon. We are on Patreon and we're going to try and be better about getting more stuff on Patreon so that you guys well, can have the exclusive stuff. I don't really have a reason to. I know. Give us a reason to. Give us a reason. Okay, we will put something on there. Give us a reason to live. We'll put a little teaser on there. Give us a reason. Give Give me a reason to live. Oh, wow. All right, guys. I'm Alma. I'm Carlene. Have a good night. Nighty night.